My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this awesome church. I want to welcome all those who are watching in the 715 area code who are watching with us online. We're so glad that you chose to be with us this morning, and uh, we're glad you're connecting with us online. Just give us some shout-outs this morning. Tell us what's going on in your life. But we also want you to know it's much better in person. And so there's plenty of room for you. We would love to see you here, love to meet you in person. Today is a great day. This Labor Day weekend, we have a special guest with us this morning, somebody who grew up in Wausau, somebody who, before, before they found Christ, grew up in this area, and through a connection, through somebody, through somebody or a group of people becoming missionaries. Remember, remember our We Are series that we just talked about here that we are, I want everybody to say this, I am a minister. I am a missionary. You So what this means, we have a missionary couple that's here with us this morning. That makes this a missionary convention, a missionary convention. So the special guest speaker that here this morning, a wonderful couple, Troy and Heidi Darren are going to come and share their testimony. And so I want you, as they come right now, to give them a hero's welcome. Can we do that? Come and join us, Troy. Good morning. It was just uh, when, he, when Pastor Sheldon invited us to greet a few people, uh, was greeting a few people, and uh, sorry, Pastor Sheldon, if I was turning and talking a little bit, meeting some people from way back when I was first uh, started coming to the church on 215 East Thomas and uh, meeting some friends back from the late 70s there. That's a long time ago, isn't it? And uh, I still feel pretty young, but I realize... I'm, we're getting we're getting older. My wife is helping in the back because we have uh, so many good things to share and so many slides. Uh, she helps in the back, so we stay on track. But so thankful for my wife Heidi. We've been married. Um, oh, we're kind of live up there. Okay, you saw the picture. We've been married 38 years already, and in this ministry thing together for so many years. You know. Um, I just got a rush of things going on. My my aunt and uncle, my my godmother, and my uncle are here, and I just am so happy to see you. I just can't hug you enough when we're home. One of my favorite things. I, I grew up in this whole area, and relatives all over Marathon, Mosinee, a lot of ginseng, farming in the family. I've been done that my my whole life. Graduated from D.C. Everest. Lived right off Camp Phillips Road out there. Went to Weston Elementary. Went to uh, St. Mary's here, Holy Name, St. Therese, D.C. Everest. I mean, I just got, you know, whenever I come back, I, I'm flooded with all these memories. But uh, um, this church has been so important in the middle of my high school years. Um, actually, some of you may remember from the 70s the whole charismatic movement that was so important and refreshing in the Catholic Church, and I was a product of that, and actually right across the street, I remember going. Rose, I'm sure you probably went, went Rose and Gary, over there and uh, met some young people who were connected over at 215 East Thomas Street with the youth group and started connecting with them, and 
in the middle of my high school years, God got a hold of me. And it's kind of funny. I'll, uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to get into all this mission stuff in a minute, but I just got to tell you a little bit, give you a quick backdrop. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember October of my junior year in high school, and uh, I'm going through my high school years and, and uh, just doing the high school thing, for the most part, pretty good kid, but, you know, there's always things that are pulling you in directions that probably aren't good for your life, and, and uh, um, it was kind of funny. I, I would drop in at the youth group just because of these friends I had met through the charismatic uh, Sunday night meetings. And I would drop in. It always felt good when I went to the youth group. And, and maybe once a month, once every few months, I would drop in. But uh, for the most part, in a lot of ways, I wasn't going to church too much once I got to high school. And I don't know what that was all about. But uh, just getting caught up in the whole high school experience. And my friends had told me there was a guest speaker, and he, his name was Bob Abbott, and he was an evangelist, and he would do chalk drawings and share the gospel through his chalk drawings. And I don't know if anybody is even anybody remembers that. We're going back a little ways, and I'm feeling really old. But anyway, he was at the church like Sunday through a Wednesday night, and like I said, I. I, I didn't frequent the church much, but my, my friends I had met through the charismatic meeting invited me to come over. And, and Monday night, the night before, I was with some friends in a car, and we went to the movie, some friends from high school, and we went to the movie Up in Smoke by Cheech and Chong, if any of you remember that. <laughs> and, you know, you know, Dave's not home, and they're going to smoke and pot and all that jazz, and these friends in the car, they were doing that, and... So that was Monday night, and Tuesday night, here I am, 215 East Thomas Street. I came over to that, that service, and uh, my friends calling me up, inviting me over, and really, that was the beginning. God just touched my life in such an incredible way. Junior year in high school, right in the middle of those high school years that are so impressionable, impressionable, so much peer pressure, and really, I decided to just get serious about my faith, and and start living for God and, you know, see what he had. And little did I know, a couple years later, I'd be going up to North Central and then, uh, you know, and felt God's call in the ministry. And now uh, we, we served for 20 years in different pastoral roles here in Wisconsin. And actually, Pastor Sheldon over in the Fox Valley by Green Bay. I was in Appleton, so we're both kind of, we were over in that Fox Valley for a good chunk of time, but uh, also down in Waukesha, Wisconsin. So 20 years in different pastoral roles, and during that time led 10 short-term mission trips with young people and adults. And the 10th trip, number 10, we went to Eastern Europe, Moldova. First time I had ever been to Eastern Europe. Most of our trips were in Latin America. And here God calls us to full-time missions back in 2005. And uh, we got to the field in 07. And now I can't believe I'm up here 2021, and we're reporting in again. You know, every four years, we're four years on the field, and then we're home a year. So it's always, I always try and get Wassa on the calendar. We want to come by and share. And we've been here before. Maybe some of you are new. Maybe you don't know the Darrens. But uh, we have, I, t- I, I told my wife, I said, Sundays, we're just declaring the wonderful works that the Lord has done. We have an incredible report to share today. And we've been gone for four years, but especially 
2020, the, the most difficult year many of us have faced in years, and we had the most incredible year in Moldova, and in our 15 years on the field, it has been our best year. So we're going to tell you about it. We're going to show you information about it. But uh, so much, this church is so important and has been such an encouragement in our lives. Uh, you know our district superintendent right now, John Davis. I don't know. He's in, down in Wapaka. He was my youth pastor when, and so influential in my life. I remember Bible quiz days and going to Spencer Lake in the youth camp and youth group days and just uh, so many memories here. So, so great to be back and see some friends. Um, anyway, hey, let's catch you up. Uh, got a family here. Uh, check this out. So, this is what happens over the years. So, I got two boys there. They're both taller than me. I always wanted to be six foot. Never made it. Both my boys, they got over six foot. Um, and my daughter there. It looks like I got two daughters, right? So, no, that's my wife and my daughter. And so we got, uh, we got the two grandchildren on the, on the right there, Declan and Dodger. They're, they're like five and three, almost. And then the newest one, Colby, isn't that quite the picture of serenity and peacefulness and not a care in the world? And don't you love that birth date, four, three, two, one? All right? So anyway, missionaries, we're, really, we're just everyday, normal, down-home people. And uh, this is where we're doing our thing, over in Moldova. And for some of you, maybe, uh, I remember when we were first talking about going to Moldova. It's really funny. In 2005, uh, we were actually uh, pursuing a couple lead pastor opportunities, one in Minnesota and one in Wisconsin. And uh, my boys were already in university, but uh, my daughter... It was going to affect her the most because she was going to be coming into the high school experience, just entering uh, eighth and ninth grade. And so she knew we were in Waukesha. We had been associate pastors there at a good church for seven years and uh, early 40s. And we just kind of felt like uh, it's time to, you know, we're taking these steps and interviewing to be a lead pastor, like Pastor Sheldon and Michelle, you know. So one's in Minnesota and one's in Wisconsin, and, and we're being very open and walking through this with our daughter because it's going to affect her the most. She's going to be moving from her friends in Waukesha and having to start at a new school and the whole new experience. So we have, we're, we're trying to involve her. And we, and we finally made the decision. I remember the day uh, we sat down and said, said to her, Heather, we've, we've made a decision. We know where God wants us to go. And uh, we feel called to Moldova. And she said, is that in Minnesota or Wisconsin? <laughs> and I said, well, let me get the map out. Let me show you. I used to tell people, Moldova, not Mondovi, okay, over by Eau Claire. No, we're not going to Mondovi. We're going to Moldova. So Moldova is uh, Europe's poorest country, former Soviet Republic, little northeast corner of the country of Romania that got chopped off by Stalin after World War II. And then he also conveniently cut underneath from Odessa. He cut underneath and took our frontage to the Black Sea and made it part of Ukraine in case it ever reunited with uh, Romania. But anyway, they speak Russian and Romanian. 65% of the country of Moldova is ethnically tied to Romania. And then we have uh, Ukrainian and Russian uh, people that had been uh, that had been 
sent to our country and to Russify the country during those Soviet years. But we're a mix of Russian and Romanian. Uh, my wife and I, we speak Romanian. Noi vorbim limba romina. Slava Domnului. We speak Romanian. Praise the Lord. And it's very close to Italian, French, Spanish. So that's the main language. They also speak Russian in the country. But Moldova is a very interesting country. It's a step back in time. Um, we live in the capital city of Chisinau, about seven, 800,000. A lot of former Soviet communist-built apartment blocks. Uh, this country of Moldova is about 30 years old. Just last week, uh, the 27th of August, was their 30-year anniversary of being a country. We have had the privilege of being in this developing country for almost half of its existence and watching it try and come into its own identity and, and just form. And you get out into the villages, there's a lot of horse and carts, a lot of going to the wells for water, a lot of squatty potties, you know, not so much indoor plumbing. So it's that step back in time, 70% of the land is agriculturally worked. Most things you read would say about three and a half million people, but a million to a million and a half are outside the country working, sending back remittances, trying to support family. So it's, it's a grind. It's a really, really challenging life. I think the average income in the capital city is about 300. In the villages, it's just pretty much subsistence living. So um, some of you understand maybe that, thinking back to grandparents or those days. But uh, we love Moldova. You know, we still walk out of our, our door, our apartment, and it's like the first day. God has given us a tremendous love, and we, we love being home. I love seeing my relatives. I love seeing my friends and family. I, lo I love seeing our grandchildren, even though they're in Arizona and Seattle. We, we get to see them as much as we can. Our daughter's down in Milwaukee. But we love being home, but I'll tell you what, from we, our heart, we, we love to be in Moldova, too. And uh, there is just such, you know, the Bible talks about Queen Esther and God has brought her to the kingdom for such a time. And not that God has brought us for anything so special, but we, we, we feel this incredible privilege that there was something very unique happening in Moldova. And more than any of our years uh, in, the, in the last 15, this year of 2020, we just came home in February for our year home of this year. But 2020, put your seatbelts on because we're going to tell you and show you what God has done in Moldova. And uh, let, let's get this thing moving. Um, there's a little image up here, 20 churches in 2020. Um, has God ever asked you to do something? You know, all of us in our spiritual walk, we, we kind of have this maturity and these steps of faith and just... God is a very personal God, and, you know, we, we obviously believe in that personal relationship. And God has created all of us individually and personally, and he knows how to work with us. And we grow in our relationship. And sometimes we have these impressions or thoughts, and we go, was that me or was that God? And the more we grow in our relationship, we kind of get used to when God's speaking or that sense of the Holy Spirit impressing something on us versus just when it's our thoughts. And so, had one of these moments in the late spring of 2019, early summer 2019. I'm, I'm beginning to look ahead to 2020. It's the last of our four years on the field, and then we are coming home for 2021 to itinerate like we're doing now. So, this is like early summer 2019, and I'm starting to think about 2020. God, what, what are we going to do this last year before we go home and itinerate? 
And 2020 just has a ring to it, you know. It's not so original with me that I'm thinking about 2020. A lot of people probably wrote books, did seminars, and, and had different meetings, 2020 this or that. Well, I, I'm just kind of conscious it's coming into my mind over a week or two. And I'm just kind of having these thoughts, 2020, 2020, what's, what are we going to do in 2020? And all of a sudden, I'm kind of minding my own business, and I have this impression And I didn't know if it was me or God, but it kind of scared me. And the impression was 20 churches in 2020. And I just, no kidding. I can't remember the specific day, but I remember wherever I was, I got up and I went to the kitchen to get coffee or get some snack to try and get that thought out of my mind. Because the first time I had it, I I, I immediately thought, that might be God. And, and it was just too overwhelming to me. 20 churches in 2020. We usually help with three or four churches, maybe five on a big year. We have mission teams come every year. We also work with an international English-speaking church in the capital city, and we work with some university students and different things. But we host mission teams, and we'll work on a new church project, you know, targeting places where, where we need a new church or where there's a group that's meeting in a home, like in the New Testament, a little home, home church group meeting in somebody's house, and they're ready for their own, own church and to become, you know, a bigger church and have their own place. So when this came into my mind, it really just... I, I, I tried to get distracted, and I just hoped it would kind of float away. And it was just like, I was hoping it was just a Troy thought. Not necessarily hoping, but... It was just so over the top, three or four, five times what we normally do in a year. And here, it just keeps coming back over a couple weeks, 20 churches in 2020. And I I finally said, I, I finally recognized this is God. And I don't know what to do with this except to say, okay, God, we'll start to take some baby steps. And I don't even really know how to move forward in this or what to do, but I started just connecting. We One thing about being on the mission field for a number of years, we have good relationships, really great relationships. We have been all over Moldova. We have preached in so many churches. We have built great relationships from the, from the bishops and the leadership all the way down to just everyday national pastors. So I began to just make some phone calls, go visit friends, go find out, is anybody open to, you know, a new church project? Are you ready? Are you trying to mother a new church? I just began to I didn't know what to do, 20 churches in 2020. All I knew, this is God, and I finally said yes. So, well, moving this thing forward, I made, my, with my daughter's help, we, I came up with 20 places and put together this little brochure. It's in my, in my, uh, in, in my whatever, carrying bag there. And I can, I can show you that. If you come by the table, ask me. Show me that, show me that piece you made. You know, so we did these little things. We just... We came up with 20. I made a little paragraph description. We put a price tag on each one. We put this little flyer together. I'm not home itinerating going to, each, going to different churches every Sunday like we are now where I had the opportunity to promote this. I'm in Moldova, and uh, we came up with this list. You know, this through the summer and the fall. It took some time to get this together, and, and I'm just... God, I'm taking steps of faith. I don't know. I got the 20. I don't know how this is going to get paid for. We put a price tag of about 
anywhere from five to $20,000 per project as I talk to the different pastors, whether we are going to buy land, help start the foundation, do phase one of frame, building and framing, phase two more, finishing the interior. That's kind of how I was thinking. I'm not a very good construction person, but I just kind of organized it like that. And, and we have 20 projects. We got from five to 20000 per project. And, you know, we didn't build the whole church from the ground up turnkey, but we... We were going after 20 new projects in places where there's no church. And all I can say, standing here before you, September of 2021, and we've been home since February, I sent out a newsletter in early summer, our email newsletter, and you know what it said? The title? God did it. And take a, here it is. Take a look at these 20 places. And you guys are clapping. You don't... You're believing, you're taking my word for it, but look at this. Boragon, Boshkana, Bubuyech, Kainar, Katronic, Kishinau, the capital city where we live. Chimishen, Cheresh, Korlaten, Krikova, Dona, Georgia, Lesht, Hirjaka, Humalesh, Mereshen, Mikleoshen, Patresh, Redeni, Vex, Koren, Vadalui, Voda. These are 20 places, and 15 of these 20 are up and functioning. They're eight hours ahead. They had church already. They're meeting in their facility. I would say the last four or five uh, the project is underway, or we have the land, and and some of them are in construction right now. I'll show you one of them. Even just this this weekend, I, I just got a, a couple new uh, photos I, I sent to Edwin. I said, hey, uh, PowerPoint update here. I'm sending you a new one. I just got a couple new photos I want to show. So this is it. You know, Heidi and I have been to every one of these places. We've met with these leaders or the mother church pastors. We've prayed in these places. We've taken teams there and done some evangelism. We've done some home visits. We've helped start the projects where, where we could start. We got our hands dirty in places. But we have been all over our country. This is in the last two years. God did this. So I'm here just declaring the wonderful works, and I'm going to show you a few. I can't show you all 20. I could show you pictures, photos of all 20 places and what happened and, and tell you the story, but I can only show you so much. Right, Pastor Sheldon? Uh, <laughs> um, this is incredible stuff. Here's Vada Voda. Just take a look at this. This one was from the ground up. Now, I, I'm kind of on, on there still a little bit. Move, move that ahead. Okay, so this thing in 17 and 18 gets started. This isn't specifically a 2020 project until we get this built and we realize we're kind of filling this thing up right away. And uh, here we are having service. The 2020 vision for Vadalui Voda was to kind of make it an L and build a sanctuary and a space about three times the size. And watch what happens here. This just got going in March of this year because last year we were ready when we were in country. We had money designated for this, 15000 that somebody had, a church had taken on or some, some supporters said, we'll take that project. And we couldn't get the stamps. We couldn't get the approval. We couldn't get the signatures. It's just sometimes we deal with some, some of that red tape. But this thing got going in March. And just look at, these are some photos from this last week. They got this whole thing done, the driveway. Now look what's happening because we know the church is more than the building. Check this out on the inside. Can you believe this? Look at this. This was a piece of ground. You saw it. I told you this is amazing. Chine va credi, she se va boteza va fi nintuit. Marku shais prezeche, ku shais prezeche. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Mark 16, 16. Is that a beautiful sight? 
I told you, God did this. Um, you're starting to believe me, right? Take a look at Mikhail Shin and Dolna. Mikhail Shin is the mother church. Oh, excuse me. Let's go to Bubuyets first. So this one, uh, we helped start from the ground up. And this is, uh, you know, a couple terms ago, we got the first floor done. We needed more space. We helped them last term get a second floor. And then what's exciting, we've been in Moldova long enough that churches like this that we've helped with are not our mother churches now. And so we're not only, we not only had babies, but we're, we're, or help plant churches, but they're having babies now. Can you imagine how good we feel? So in Humalesht, now look at this. This is just a simple village. And Pastor Sasha and Bubwech, he's pulling on my shirt. Troy, can, can Humalesht be one of our 2020 projects? We're going out there Sunday afternoons after we have service in the morning in Bubwech. And we go out there. It's a little village. It's very poor. They don't even have a little store to get just some milk and bread and simple things. But we've got people that come, and a lot of times they just meet right outside on a, on a little piece of land, a little makeshift soccer field, even, even in the winter. And he said, if, if we will build it, I know we have people that will be a part of the church. And so we bought this property. We gutted this house, tore off the roof, added that back room, uh, retrofitted the inside, new windows, moved the door, and look at this. It is a, just, a, it's like a community center, a Christian community center in this little village. We probably have 30, 40% of the children in the village coming to this and a part of this church now. It's set up here for COVID, but we can get 40, 50 chairs in there. And we've been out there many times. Let's, let's go to uh, Mikhail Shen and Dolna. So, you can see this church right here. They had us, this is one of, there's only two out of the 20 that were a little more established, and they had a small church here in the front. And when I met Niku and Veronica, I was just so impressed with them as leaders, and they had already planted one other church. And I, I said, I got to help you guys get a bigger church so you can see it behind them. We finished that out. That was one of our 2020 projects. Then his wife, this is Niku and Veronica, his wife, five miles down the road, born and raised in Dolna. So here we are. Here's the little place. You get your little bus ride or whatever, and you can kind of go wherever you need to go in Moldova. It starts out at the little town, the village center here at the bus stop. But right behind that, you see that van and that little house? We bought that. We, we got this property. They had already had the land. So I came in. We had some funds. We got going on this property, and we thought we only had enough funds to just get it started, get the foundation in. Little, that was in, this was in September, 2020. This is, we got this project going in September. We get the land excavated and the foundation in, and we thought, we thought we're kind of done. And I'm feeling okay because check, one of the 20, Dolna, the funds I had, Helped with the land, helped with the foundation and the materials, a little extra for some, some of the wood or whatever, as you, whenever you can start the framing. But for me, Troy, check, one of the 20, I met my commitment for Dolna. All right, I'm going down the road to the next project, and God bless you, Nico and Veronica, however you're going to get your church built. I'm going down the road, and, I, and Heidi and I got to go back and itinerate. And little did we know, within a month, God brought in over $30,000, and I'm not some big marketing guy or anything. I don't know how to do all this stuff. But God brings in these funds. And check out what happens. We weren't done in Dolna. It's like, I'm going down the road, and i got to go back to Dolna because we got more funds. Hey, let's keep building, Niku. Let's see how far we get. What can we get with, with this extra 10 that came in? This is January, first Sunday, a month before we come back this year. This church is, like, done. 
and this church is up and going, and they are just cruising, and uh, such an incredible thing. Take a look at some of these pictures. God is doing an incredible work in Dolna. That was a piece of land. Anybody like what you're seeing here? <laughs> this is incredible stuff. Where are we going now? Let, let's go to Kainar. This is happening right now, this past week, this past month. This is your typical village scene. Here's Pastor Mihai, his little home, the home church, just like they would talk about in the book of Acts. In his little home, he got a hold of some chairs donated by somebody, and he tried to make his little room in his house look more like a church. So he's got 19 chairs there. I went out there with one of our bishops, one of our leaders from the country. There's Bishop Rumika. And they have this land, and, and we go, this has got to be one of our 2020 projects. Let's go for it here. They, they had about a year just of complications, getting approvals, another one of those situations. Otherwise, we could have started last year. But this got a little bit of a late start in the, in the early summer of this year once they got their approvals. And we got this going, and this has just been happening July and August. And this week... Yeah, isn't that cool? Have you ever just seen a foundation and slab of cement and thought, that is just beautiful? I think like that because I know what's happening. This is what happens next. This is this week. They just framed this. They got the whole outside. I got another. Edwin, I just, last night, I got another uh, Saturday from work. They got the whole outside now, the OSB on. Monday and Tuesday, they'll have the, the tresses up. They'll get this roof on. They're going to be using this in a month. Kainar is going to be up and on their way. So, I love this stuff. Is this awesome? So Kainar's going. <laughs> Check this out. Let's go to, this is the last one I'm going to show you of the 20, because I'm going to give you a little challenge from God's Word, too. What, what do you see here? Anybody? What do you see here? You know what I see? I see a church. See, you've got to have a little faith. But faith grows in you like that, all right? So do you see a church here? This is Redenivec. This is a former Soviet library overgrown, chipped, unused, just dilapidated. And uh, watch this. Uh, Pastor Georgi from Ungen gets going on this after w- taking me out there. Troy, come out to Redenivec. If we can find a place, we're ready. We've been, doing, we've been going out here and doing ministry and, and visiting and sharing in the community. We're ready. Outside, inside, and this thing gets going and is up and going. This was going last fall. Uh, Moving along, this thing gets going and gets finished, and now they're having midweek Bible studies. Children come after school. Almost all of our places have things after school for kids, some of the poorest kids in the community. They get help with their homework. They get a meal, and they get a Bible study, and they learn about Jesus just like this, coming after school. And here's that's, that's after school on Monday through Friday. And on Sundays, midweek, they're meeting and having church. Praise God, huh? Slava Domnului. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. I remember sitting with my wife as we were preparing to come home and going through all of our photos we had so much and putting together our presentation. And I remember coming to the moment where it was like, okay, after we share this great report, I realized we got to tell them what we're going to do when we go back to Moldova. What's, what are we going to do when we go back to Moldova, Heidi? You know, we got a great report to share what we did, but what are we going to tell them we're going to do when we go back? And obviously, we are so excited about what God did. But God gave me kind of a new vision, and it's, it's really funny, you know, how our faith grows. 
I, I, I've said to some churches, I said when, you know, David and Goliath, the whole story, he slew the lion and the bear first and kind of a picture of growing in faith. I mean, what, after you've taken down the lion and the bear with God, you don't go after a chicken, right? You kind of go after Goliath because you, your faith rises. And I remember in the beginning, even of the 20 church projects in 2020, I used to share with friends in this way. I would say, I think God wants us to do this because I wanted to leave myself an out, in case the whole thing just kind of dove down, nobody's getting on board, we got nothing. Oh, by the way, did I mention 2020 was COVID year? All six of my mission teams canceled? Does that make that even a little more wonderful that God still did that five times what we normally do? I'm telling you, 2020, God was saying, I'm starting something here in Moldova, and I know about COVID. You don't know, but we're still going with this plan. I like it. <laughs> and COVID hit us. You know, this, it was in 2019 when this whole thing, God's challenging. We start working towards this. I didn't know COVID's coming around the corner of the new year. All six mission teams cancel. You know, that, that, that's, that's six projects represented right there. Bang, they're gone. And uh, God still does this. He brings in over $200,000. I've never seen anything like that. I wasn't home itinerating. And every one of those projects that we made a commitment to got sponsored, and God took us further than we thought we could go. So I don't, I'm not up here saying, you know what I think God wants to do? I'm up here saying, you know what we're going after with God? And as we go back to Moldova, we're going after a new 2020 vision. Now, take off the year 2020. 20 churches, 2020. God did that. They're up and going that's a great report, but let me ask you this question, and I'll tell you about the new vision. In the book of Acts, Saul, who, who comes to faith and gets radically changed and saved, becomes Apostle Paul, becomes Missionary Paul in the book of Acts, right? Missionary Paul. And he's doing, what is he doing? He, I, I read the Bible, and I just am a pretty simple person. I just pull out the simple thoughts. Paul, my model and missionary, he was doing one of two things. He's either going into new places, sharing the good news of Jesus, sharing the, the gospel of Jesus. Uh, the, he's the Messiah, the resurrected Savior. He's either doing that, going into new places, or he's coming around on his second, third missionary journey, and he's going and strengthening the churches he had already started, right? He's either building, establishing, starting new churches, or he's coming around and strengthening them. Our new vision, 2020, is building the church and strengthening the church. This is all, this is so simple, but it's so easy to get handles on. So watch this. First of all, we are going back to Moldova. We'll, we'll be back in February or March of 2022, and we'll go back, and we are believing God for 20 new places, and $10,000 is kind of the sponsored amount that we're challenging. There may be individuals, there may be churches. Tell you the truth, I've never even said this to a church, but Heidi and I feel like we're going to sponsor one of these ourselves. And God's going to help us do it. We're going to take one of these projects ourselves. We are, we are all in on this. We are, we are with God on this. So we're believing for 20 new places where there's no church right now, no evangelical church sharing the gospel, the good news. We're going for that, and then we want to strengthen the church. So 20 new, and then the ones we just did I told you about from 2020, we want to strengthen those. I want to go back to Pastor Sasha, Pastor Georgi, Pastor Sergey, and I want to say, hey, How's the church doing in 
How's the church in Kainar? How's the church in Redenivac? I have some funds that have been committed to help you. Let's do some evangelism. What, what do you want to do? What resources do you need? How can we strengthen you? How can we help build you up? How can we help build your influence and keep you going forward in the community? Very simple, right? Building the church, strengthening the church, 2020 vision going back. That's easy, right? Everybody's got that? Finally, turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Give me about 10 minutes, and Pastor Sheldon's coming back. Is that good? This, this is what I call my taxi sermon. And you go, what's a taxi sermon? <laughs> you know, I don't know if you have BGMC here or the children's things that they do for missionaries. We use all that. Thank you, children. Or maybe they're in their children's church. You that work with children, uh, your young people who do car washes, bake sales, this and that, and give for different elements for our vehicles. I drive a car because your young people have been a part of the district. My car is 15 years old. Heidi and I are going back. We're not applying for a new one. We're going to get another term out of it. We're going for 20 years on our speed the light vehicle, if you know the, the you know, speed the light. So we're going for 20 years on our vehicle, and thank you, young people. But... Um, um, I, I drive my speed to light vehicle everywhere. It's perfect for Moldova. We have some terrible roads and rough terrain, but it is such a great car. And I ride it all the time. One time, Heidi and I had to go to a meeting, and I said, let's just take a taxi. It was like, we're going to have the capital city traffic, and we just had a meeting with some other missionaries, and we're just having a little Bible study on Thursday mornings through the Book of Acts. So I said, let's just take a taxi. I'm kind of tired today. I don't want to deal with the traffic. I get in the car... I opened my Bible at Acts chapter 8 because that was what I was supposed to have read before the meeting and I hadn't get it, gotten a chance. So, I, you know, I just opened my Bible and I start reading and bang, I get this message. This was in like May of 2019, right when God is starting this whole, this whole 20 churches in 2020. Little did I realize how crucial this message would be. And you're going to see how this fits perfectly with everything I shared. So watch this. Acts chapter 1-8, you know that before Jesus was ascended, he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You're going to be my witness where? Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to Moldova, and to the uttermost parts of the world, right? So some people say here, there, and everywhere. I like that. It's an easy way to remember it too. So flip this on its head. Go to Acts 8-1. All right? Bang. There we are. And look what happens. The church begins to go to Judea and Samaria because of the persecution that arose and broke out against the church in Jerusalem. The church, Jesus' words are fulfilled. The church starts to go to Judea and Samaria. Now, chapter 1 through 7, the church in Jerusalem got, got going. Things were going well. It was pretty impressive. The church, in a lot of ways, was Kumbaya church. You know, they're singing, they're praising, they're out in, the, in Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, God is adding to the church on a daily basis, and good things are happening, a little bit of persecution, but in general, nothing big. Chapter 7 comes, Stephen gets stoned, one of the godly men of the church. Everybody knew Stephen, and he gets stoned, and it says immediately in chapter 8, on that day, a great persecution arose, and the church gets scattered. You know, in chapters 1 to 7, I think when the church met Pastor Sheldon or the different leaders, I don't think they were talking about 
okay, we got to start going to Judea and Samaria, and uh, our plan to do that is going to be through persecution. They were probably having their church growth conferences and other teaching things about and, and forming their committees and groups and making their plans how they're going to begin to go to Judea and Samaria. I don't think the persecution was a part of the discussion. So God did it in a different way, right? You know what, this COVID thing, we, we haven't seen the last chapter with God's signature on it, and we don't know. We got caught off guard. Did God get caught off guard? No. And you know what? I think the gospel may be going around the world in ways incredibly because how we had to go online. So who knows what's all going to come out of that? And I think of that when I think of chapter 8, verse 1. Here comes persecution and the church, boom, it just begins to go to Judea and Samaria like he said. Well, anyway, I just shared that little context. The first couple of verses here, Paul or Saul, who becomes Paul in a couple chapters, but He's going around and he's persecuting the church. He's like the KGB before, the, before their day. He's taking the believers. He's hauling them out of their house, taking them off to jail, and the church is being persecuted, and, and the believers are just scattering into Judea and Samaria. So you got that little context. Here's the passage I read that I just went, whoa, whoa. Just one point after another came out to me, how we need to pray as the church begins to go and grow. And watch this. This is so simple. This is, you're going to see, this is great for Troy and Heidi and how we need to pray when we're looking at going to new, new places and having new projects for the church. But this is perfect for all of us as we consider our faith and our sphere of influence for the Lord, whether it's family, extended family, neighbors, employer, employees in the neighborhood, classmates, roommates, whatever you may have. If you have some people close to you that, that you want to encourage in their spiritual walk and in their faith, and, and, and you want to help lead them, uh, lead them to God, here's four simple points you can pray. These are what we're praying. Okay, watch this. Number one, we need to pray for Jesus to be proclaimed. Some of you may have the handout there. Somebody made a very nice outline there off, off, of, off, of, the, off of the PowerPoint. So, Watch this. It just goes, verse 4 and 5 is a point, then 6 is a point, then 7, and then 8, and it's so perfect. Pray for Jesus to be proclaimed. Look at this. Those who had been scattered, they went up and they hid in the rocks, and they hid in the caves, and they got away from everybody. Okay, anybody see that in your Bible? No. What they, that's what I would have been doing. They're throwing rocks down there. People are starting to get killed for their faith. No, here goes Philip. He goes to Judea and Samaria. Bang! He's preaching the word. He's proclaiming Jesus wherever he goes. Guy's got some boldness there. You know, this is so interesting. He's preaching wherever he goes. He's proclaiming Jesus. He's preaching in the midst of difficulties. He's preaching without prejudice. Remember John 4, Jesus, the woman at the well, the woman goes, why are you talking to me? Jews and Samaritans, we don't get along. We don't, we don't even talk to each other because of the religious stigma and different things of the day. And here Philip is without prejudice. Judea, Samaria, he doesn't care. He's proclaiming Jesus, the resurrected Lord and Savior, the Messiah, God's Son. He came. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. Uh, here's a great supporting verse, and you can read that. Paul praying, just that God will give me words to fearlessly make known this gospel. Number two, look at the next verse. Verse 6, we need to pray for open minds and hearts. This is so simple. This may be the last sermon in my life I preach. I may never even be able to get out of Acts chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. 
when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. They saw, they heard, they paid close attention. How did that happen? Somehow God is opening minds, opening hearts, and people are considering what Philip is saying. This is a new message going on around town, that Jesus was the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, the resurrected Savior and Lord, the Son of God. This is a new message, and people are, hmm, they're, they're listening to this. So we pray for open minds and hearts. Colossians 4, 3, pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. Paul is requesting prayer. Look at Acts 17. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. You know, Paul's a pretty smart guy, all right? And he had studied under all the greats. He was very schooled. So he goes down to Athens. This is on one of his missionary journeys. And he's debating the resurrection with these Greeks. And they loved to just sit around and talk about the latest philosophies. The Greeks are known for being real heady in knowledge and just sitting around discussing the latest theories of the day and ideologies. When they heard Paul about the resurrection of the dead, look at this. Some sneered. Others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. Some became followers of Paul and believed. Followers of Jesus, they believed in Jesus. They followed what Paul was saying. This is incredible. I think a lot of people, you think maybe even in this room, back in Paul's day, there were those who sneered. They like, yeah, Christianity stuff, and they would cuss it you know, at the believers, following that silly stuff. Others were like going, wow, it's very interesting what he's saying. I got to go home and think about this. They weren't obstinate or sneering or jeering. They just needed some time. And then others, it says, some became followers that day. They heard it. it, it this is truth. This is like cutting me to the heart. And I agree. And I, I want what he has. That was in that, that's what Paul is saying. That, that's the same story in the mix here of, of, as believers here, as, as church people. We're, we probably have a mix of some of you at one point in your life, you sneered. Some of you needed a little more time. Some of you, the, when you heard the gospel, it just made an impact on your life, and you were ready to, to get your life together with God. And we all fit in that. And that's the same story today. So I never know when I'm sharing my faith with somebody where they're at, but you know what? God opens minds. God opens hearts. God does his work. I don't have to worry about that. I'm just called to be a witness. And I can just simply pray, God, we're going to go into a new village. God, we're going to this new town or city, and we're believing to start a new project and get a new church going. I don't know anybody in here. God, will you begin to open minds and hearts? See how simple that is? Makes so much sense, right? And you can pray that in your sphere of influence. I love this point. That's a whole sermon right itself, right? Okay, number three, look at this. Pray for God's power to be displayed. We were just talking and praying about this before service, right, Pastor Sheldon? When you guys were talking about this, I'm going, man, my message is fitting right in what you were sharing at pre-service prayer, Pastor Sheldon. Pray for God's power to be displayed. Next verse. For with shrieks, uh, shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. You know what? God showed up. Philip's preaching away. He's proclaiming. God's doing his thing, opening minds and hearts, and God is doing his thing, confirming the words with signs. He's touching people, probably physically, obviously, spiritually, he's touching people. Minds and hearts are being opened, relationally, emotionally. I don't know how God's power 
can show up in an individual, a family, a situation. I know in Moldova, I can guess there's alcoholism, there's abuse going on, there could be human trafficking, there's separation of families, there's great poverty and depression and angst. God, I don't want to go, I don't want to go into this, this new village with Pastor Sergei alone. I, we, come along. We need you. We need your power. Actually, will you get in front? Let, let's go, God. Let's go do this. So we pray for God's power to show up. Just that's all we do. God, we pray to proclaim Jesus. We pray, will you open minds and hearts? We pray for your power. And look at this. Maybe you've read it. The mission of God's people is to alert everyone everywhere to the reign of God through Christ. Sometimes, as Heidi and I travel, we just got back. And it's not all glorious, you know, we talk about traveling, but it's not all glorious. We just put 1,600 miles on. We were up in Grafton, North Dakota, Grand Forks, Fargo, Bismarck, and uh, uh, Monticello, uh, Minnesota, Red Wing, Minneapolis. That was all, like, in the last eight days before getting here today. It's not, every week isn't like that, but, you know, we put on some miles. But it's, a, it's amazing how sometimes we go through different places and all of a sudden a restaurant, a business, under new management. Well, guess what? Since Jesus came, this world, this earth is under new management. And we're just alerting everyone everywhere. Hey, there's a, there's a new manager in town, new, new guy on the throne here. We got a new cook. He's got great fruit, too, fruit, fruit of the Spirit. Man, that love, joy, peace, you've got to taste some of that. <laughs> Are you with me? You know, we're under new management. We're just alerting people, hey, you, that doesn't have to control you. You don't have to be like that. You can have joy in your life. You can experience God's love. You can know peace. You can know forgiveness. We're just alerting everyone everywhere to the reign of God through Christ because we're under new management. Whew. Look at Luke 4.18. No kidding. I feel like, and I know people are preaching every Sunday and pastors and teachers, but I feel like I found this little key to the Bible. God only, God only gave me this message, and I'm sharing it with you. No, you know, I feel like that. Luke 4.18, this is Jesus' declared purpose. Just, just glance at those points. Those things are practically the exact same things going on in what we're talking about, Acts chapter 8, 4 through 8. It's about proclaiming Jesus, proclaiming good news. It's about opening minds and hearts. It's about, right there, the recovery of sight for the blind, spiritually and physically. It's about setting the oppressed free, the freedom for prisoners, the power of God showing up. The favor of the Lord's favor, it's my next point. Verse 8. So this is incredible stuff. Pastor Sheldon, you can see that. I know you're a preacher. You're a good preacher. You can see God in Acts 8 and that. Look at the final verse. So there was great joy in that city. Can you believe that? Can you believe how this little passage I can barely stay in the taxi. These things, points just jump out at me. It's like, pull over. I got to get out of this taxi and go, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I'm so excited. Little did I even know how important that little text was going to become for the whole 2020 vision. And here I am continuing to share that on Sundays because it's so powerful. And not just for Troy and Heidi and Moldova, for all of us in our sphere of influence, Right? Pray for Jesus to be proclaimed. Pray for open minds and hearts. Pray for the power of God to be displayed. Pray for joy in that family, in that individual. The joy of salvation, the joy of coming to faith and serving and experiencing the love of God in their lives. The, the, the joy of, of newness of life in Jesus. Pray for great joy. 
We're praying for great joy. God, in Redenivec, can you bring the great joy? Can you work in households and families? You get it. You can see these are simple prayer points. Again, in the whole context, the first story after the church was scattered and began to grow into Judea and Samaria, or go and grow in Judea and Samaria. Is this perfect? That's what we're doing in Moldova. We're going and growing in different places throughout Moldova, in new places. This is so simple, right? So we're going back to build the church and strengthen the church, the new 2020 vision. Pastor Sheldon, that's what I got this morning. Heidi and I, praise God. <laughs> Where did you grow up again? Uh, right here, <laughs> Wisconsin. God, God got a hold of your heart. 16, and 16 years of age, yeah, especially. And you surrendered your life to Jesus. Over 40 years ago now, really, really got serious about my relationship with God. You know, I'm thankful. You know, my aunt and uncle, Rose and Gary, a lot of my relatives have a strong Catholic faith and upbringing. I'm thankful for, for that influence and everything in my life as part of uh, bringing me to, in the middle of my high school years, early saying, God, I got to get this thing going with you, get, get serious about this. And yeah. So that was 78, over 40 years ago. I don't know where we're getting. We're almost up to 45 years ago now, but whatever. Over. Troy, maybe there's some other Troys, that younger Troy. Maybe there's some that are here. Maybe there is a Troy pre-Christ who's watching online. Will you just take one moment and speak to Troy? Well, I'm kind of taking myself back into those junior high, high school years. And uh, I guess I would just say there's so many things in life that can pull our attention, can call us to follow those things. And especially at that age, those vulnerable, peer pressure filled years, junior and senior, or junior high, senior high. And uh, I'm just a testament right in the middle of those years that Jesus became my best friend and I got serious for God and you can too. And you will have the greatest joy. You'll have the greatest purpose and fulfillment and uh, covering in your life and, and meaning in your life. Um, and I don't, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be doing what I've done or be a pastor or be a, be a missionary, but uh the work that God will do in your heart and in your life will be the greatest thing that you've ever experienced. So if you're a young person out there, um, and I'm still a young person, just a little older, but very young at heart, uh, yeah, just just wherever you're at, junior, junior high, senior high, um, even university, younger, older, today's a great day to say, God, I'm going to get this relationship going with you. And uh, it's time, and uh, your son, he's number one, come into my life. Hey, this is Sheldon Miles here, pastor at Thrive Church, and I want to thank you for watching this video. And if it impacted you in any way, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, become a part of the Thrive Church family by subscribing and following us. Make sure to join us on our Facebook page every Sunday. Second thing is share. Share with your friends, co-workers, and the people around you. The final thing, consider partnering with us financially. 
If this ministry is impacting you, I would ask you to pray about what you can give to help us take this message to the entire 715. And as always, we want you to know that you are welcome, accepted, and loved here at Thrive Church. And remember, you were created to thrive. We'll see you next week.